You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. It is Thursday, February the 10th, with you bright and early today here in TW11 as I'm about to head off to Newmarket to Phil Mishriff before he heads off to Saudi Arabia. Plenty to talk through today. Later in this edition, I'll be joined by Chris Cook, Racing Post senior reporter, with his take on the Newcastle nobbling incident, what he found somewhat unsatisfactory, and what we might be expecting to hear from the BHA and Newcastle Racecourse before the week is out. Continuing our look back at the Dublin Racing Festival, I'll be catching up with John Nallen, the man who bought and produced both Manella Kruna and Manella Kakuna. There's a neat story behind the naming of those two horses who finished first and second in a grade one. And the latest twist in the Bob Baffert case, Pat Cummings brings us this extraordinary chapter in just a few moments' time. But picking up on some news that we brought you yesterday and further developments, appreciate it. It's been confirmed will head straight to the champion hurdle without a seasonal prep. Jane Mangan is with me today. Jane, no great surprise, but it enlivens the picture enormously. It does, because of the defection of Sharjah, we're just thinking, is there any competition for the queen of horse racing in Honeysuckle? And I think that he's a legitimate contender. To be fair, it's not unknown for Willie Mullins to go to Cheltenham without a prep run. We've seen that many times with Key Vega in particular. Um, but I suppose it's such a big ask for a horse going from novice company, uh, having not run since the Supreme, because lest we forget he missed Punchestown at the end of last year. Um, to go straight back to Cheltenham for the championship race. But if anyone can do it, it's Willie Mullins. And the way he was so impressive in the Supreme suggests he's got that ability. But he's big. He's a point-to-point winner. Let's see how he jumps. And if he can jump at champion hurdle pace in his first run of the season, that'll be quite a spectacle. It will. Um, other news coming out of yesterday, the retirement of Defi Dusoy. For those not familiar... Um, who he and what's happened? Yeah, Defi Desoy was one of those horses. At one stage of his career, he was nigh on unbeatable. He was came from France, from Emmanuel Cleo. He he won the Triumph. He won the Grade One at Aintree. His four-year-old year, he was really dominant. He somewhat lost his form in his Open season uh, over hurdles, so they went novice chasing, and of course, he won the JLT. Came back actually to that race in Punchestown at the end of his novice chase career only to bump into a horse that we weren't all that familiar with at the time. He was having his second run for Willie Mullins, a certain Shacken Persuas. And uh, after that, he, he his his career derailed somewhat. He didn't over-race after that. He had two runs. He had wind surgery, and he's had two runs subsequent to that. And he just hasn't shown the same sparkle or the same vigour. But Defi Desoy, on his day, had a, a flair of brilliance about him. And uh, I, I'm glad that he's he's only nine. But it's nice to see a horse that you, when you know they're not performing as good as they can, um, it's it's often a shame to see them dwindle away into the shadows. And I, I, when I heard the news, I was somewhat relieved for the horse that if they couldn't get him back to somewhat near his best, it was probably almost definitely the right thing to do. 
Uh, trainer Dan Skelton has been in the news. Not only does he run third time lucky, his leading arc will chase hope at Warwick this weekend against Edward Stone. And we talked to Alan King on yesterday's show. He's also starting to get quite excited about a number of horses that he's pre- preparing for Cheltenham and perhaps of, of any uh, British trainer, he's he's got one of the more interesting strings. I mean, Nicky Henderson aside, with with Shishkin and others, uh, Skelton's horses uh, performed pretty well creditably, even though they were winless at last year's festival. Yes, uh, Dan has in in various divisions. He's got some very interesting horses. I'm I'm an interested party for a third time lucky. I think he's got a lot of speed. I think he's probably a horse that. They're only learning about all the time and how to ride him, and his his jumping is was electric the last time. But he's going to be against Edward Stone, and that's going to be a, a match to savor. I was impressed with Doctor Parnassus at Taunton. Um, he couldn't have done any more. He definitely threw his hat into the Triumph Hurdle Ring. Lest we forget Nuba Negra. We're talking about the the big two in the Champion Chase. I think Shaq and Persuas. I reminded everybody at the weekend that he's still around. Um, and Nube Negra is not far off winning last year's champion chase. So the skeleton team have a bit of depth. They do. That's what's been happening in, in Britain and Ireland today. But time for another quick trip to America. All right. Another twist now uh, in the United States in the in the Bob Baffert saga. For it is a, a saga now. Baffert and the first past the post in last year's Kentucky Derby. Medina Spirit. He, of course, still remains the winner of the the Kentucky Derby because the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission hasn't told us otherwise yet, even though it came out in court papers in New York that there was possibly going to be a hearing February the 7th. There there hasn't been, or at least we don't think there is. That is entirely separate from what's going on in terms of Baffert's own participation in this year's Kentucky Derby and, and whether his horses can accrue points for it because that's administered entirely separately. And that all is separate from what's been happening in New York. Pat Cummings, director of the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation. It's about as clear as mud, isn't it? Well, you know, uh, yes, you're right, it is. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely muddy clear to everyone, Nick, that um, there's a whole lot of different groups and organizations and commissions and uh, interests that are involved, but there's absolutely no clarity on anything as of right now, and that's more or less been the way things have been in American racing for quite some time. It is uh, uh, a sad but unfortunate reality at this point. Um, so let's just try and strip this down a bit. The, the KHRC, the, the, the Horse Racing Commission, they're the ones that make the decision as to as to what happens to the result of the Kentucky Derby. They're the they're the um, secretariat, effectively, for racing in Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely. They 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 regulate the sport in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. So so it's up to them to to go through the facts and the evidence and decide whether Medina Spirit is disqualified or not. How is that? portion of this taken so long and why is that apparently depending on who you believe being kicked into the long grass again well i'd like to say for a variety of reasons but but on the record we don't have that um we, we don't have the specifics but i think a little perspective here is worth knowing just about a week maybe 10 days ago uh but but certainly within the last two weeks trainer wesley ward uh, was penalized, uh, suspended for 15 days, um, p- potentially 30, but 15 days of those are suspended for a positive test that uh, occurred prior, the week prior to the Kentucky Derby itself. A, uh, a two-year-old named Averly Jane, who ended up running quite well in the Breeders' Cup, uh, uh, and, and she, of course, found herself uh, overseas as well. Uh, a- Averly Jane, 
the positive test for Averly Jane uh, happened a few days before the Kentucky Derby. That situation has just been adjudicated. So we are very likely to, you know, it's very reasonable for us to consider that the Baffert situation, the Derby positive on Medina Spirit is forthcoming. Now, Everyone in the media and the public seemed to become aware that there was a hearing to be scheduled on February 7th. It was discussed in the New York proceedings involving Bob Baffert uh, and uh, the New York Racing Association's attempt to exclude him where it had been mentioned and confirmed several times uh, during those hearings that there was a uh, there would be clarity on the Kentucky situation come February 7th. February 7th has come and gone, and it is became pretty clear this week that no hearing took place. But the specifics of when that will happen are still unknown. And uh, everyone is, is seemingly just waiting for, um, you know, justice essentially to be done one way or another. I mean, that seems like the most straightforward part of it. I mean, but I'm, I'm sure there will be people who disagree that that should have been dealt with Months ago, you can kind of understand why any issues between Baffert himself and the and the suspension that he received from Churchill Downs, which was entirely, um, you know, autonomous on their part, you can see why that's a little bit more more contentious and that might rumble on. Are we any closer to figuring out whether Baffert's going to be able to run horses in the Derby this year? Up until this point, the answer is going to be no, in that he won't be able to run horses. Now, that is, of course, pending any litigation that. Baffert and uh, the owners of horses with Baffert happened to bring against the Kentucky, uh, against Churchill Downs in this regard. We anticipate this. This is something, Nick, that we spoke of several months ago, that it was fully within the, the realm of expectation that there would be some sort of litigation to come, but it hasn't yet. Um, that is seemingly all uh, awaiting a confirmation that uh, Medina Spirit yeah. will in fact be disqualified. Okay, so that's what I was asking you. Are, are we are we talking related contingencies here? So if if it, it if, would seem it, yes. if, 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 if could the circumstances surrounding Medina Spirit's disqualification and how hard the panel come down on Baffert, uh, the KHRC panel come down on Baffert, could then that have a bearing on Baffert's own case against Churchill Downs or his own potential litigation against Churchill Downs in trying to overturn the suspension. Correct, because if if for some chance the uh, Medina Spirit is not disqualified and uh, there's some other mitigating circumstance that is uncovered or revealed uh, that, that is not public information at this point, if that were to be the case, then it would look as if Baffert has a stronger hand to go back to Churchill Downs and say, I haven't been disqualified for this race. How are you still keeping me out and not allowing horses uh, that yeah. I train to accrue points in, in the Kentucky Derby and, trail that Churchill sets out? And that would be pretty hard to argue against if that if that were the case. And and where does where does this leave his case with, with Naira, who are just sort of there as the as this extraordinary third party to all this? Well, I think the strangest thing, and and it's something we've discussed previously, is that New York seemingly went first on all of this. Um, And and, and we're using the information around uh, 
the the Kentucky Derby to to act, uh, but uh, Kentucky has never made any decision on this as of yet. So, um, yes, uh, we're still awaiting the report to be issued by the administrative uh, hearing judge, who's not an actual. Uh, I mean, he was a judge in in a formal court uh, in New York previously. Is retired now. He was brought in and hired by Naira to to. Uh, to conduct this hearing we're waiting for him to file a report once he does that report then goes to a review board within the new york racing association for consideration and at that point new york will determine uh, rather the new york racing association will determine what what is actually done there uh, with baffert so um if it sounds like a mess uh, if it looks like a mess, I think it is a mess, Nick. And uh, we've got three totally different tracks at this point, and everything still seems to hinge on what is going to happen um, in a ruling from the stewards of Kentucky if they choose to disqualify Medina Spirit for the positive tests. Pat Cummings, the director of the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation. Jane, from a distance, this, as Pat said, looks a, a right old mess. It's it's confusing, and despite Pat's best efforts as a as a listener who isn't in America, isn't in the thick of all the action over there, it is still a mind-boggling situation. And it's a lot of it down to the fact that America is so fragmented; each state is governed differently. But it it isn't it isn't right that we were not far off this year's Kentucky Derby, and we still don't know where we stand with Medina Spirit. The only winners in 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 every saga of the, every layer of this saga is the lawyers because anybody who wins a race or is awarded a race because of disqualification, that's not winning. That's not what you want. That's not the way you want to get a race. It's almost taking a shine off this year's Kentucky Derby, the build up to the Kentucky Derby, the earning of points. Like this race in 2022 is being affected by what happened last year and that also shouldn't be allowed to happen is he going to have runners in this year's race i think the public deserve to know the owners deserve to know it makes it impossible to promote the race properly give it the credence it deserves now owner breeder and producer of horses john nallen has already had an amazing 12 months Uh, You'll remember that Minella Indo won the Gold Cup. You'll remember Minella Times won the Grand National. That in itself is a pretty amazing double for for the man who produced both these horses at his uh, Minella Hotel. Uh, On on Saturday at Leopardstown, there was a Minella Quinella, the first two in the the big grade one novices hurdlers. Minella Kakuna, now trained by Willie Mullins, beat Minella Kruna, now trained by Gordon Elliott. All four now in different ownership. Uh, but the one man who unites them all is the man who gave them their names, uh, John Nallen, and he's he's with me now. John, this is getting this is getting silly now, isn't it? <laughs> unbelievable! It's unbelievable results. Unbelievable! This is um, there were two nice horses like we knew. We had two nice horses, and they have to go to the right place and going on like that's fantastic. You know, the the proper grade one horse about them, You know. So I, I always like to know, you know, how you've come by these horses, what the story is, how you've moved them on, how they find their homes. So tell us about Kakuna and Kruna. Kakuna was bought at the Land Rover. Uh, he was a famous old horse out of um, uh, Noel Vic Mayer that won long races for, long races for, for Colin Bow. Um, but I think he cost 80 odd grand as a three-year-old the Land Rover. Um, he had a great walk, great presence. 
little bit hot, but he had great, he had great goal to him. You know, I said this horse is able to walk, he's able, able to go, he's by frame and sort. And the other horse, uh, Croner, was in the Land Rover in the Derby said, uh, same year. Um, I shan't do horse, a good goal to him, great step to him, great walk to him, good presence. So that was the two of them. We, we brought them home, broke them, got them going. Cocooner ran in Tortola in November time. Now he was second string going that day. We had another horse to go and he went lame. And Turtle is a lucky place, a good track. And this horse was probably a month off a run, but I said, we'll, we'll chance him. We knew Pat Doyle had a scored missile to launch, but we said, we'll take our chance. Like um, We were sec- second to him. Like, I came out of the field that day. I said, well, the horse in front, Grand Jury, won't finish in front of this lad again, you know, when he moved on. And Eamon Field bought him for the puppets and he went to Willie's. He won his bumper and won his maiden hurl. Um, and a man rang me on Saturday morning, just Saturday, just just the race, you know. He's a bit of a punter now, and he said to me, he said, well, what do you reckon here? And I said, I know I know, Croner as well, fancied Gordon, fancied him in a big way. <clears throat> but I said, if I was going with the two of them, I'd fancy the other horse, you know. And he meant back the other horse, he'd go for you, couldn't imagine. <laughs> So you, so did you always that you always thought Kakuna, the winner, was better than Kruna the second? You think Kakuna's got the more talent? Kruna, Kruna might might be tough, but the other fellow had, had had the other fellow's great horse to jump and and he had class, you know. Now he a little bit, he like <clears throat> he runs on a hood. He had he had little just if he gets 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 his act together, he'd be very good, you know. Now, John, John, we're all saying now. What is Nalan doing, tormenting us with these names? Was this a was this a bit of a private joke for for, for you for all of us? This, this is an amazing story. Now the two names here. This, this, this is very, very amazing. <clears throat> we like when we when we were closed down and we had nothing to do and, and um, we were going mad, like you know. And, and I was <clears throat> driving in one morning. I was listening about all these people that died in nursing homes. And I said, "This, this is terrible, you know." And and like you know, everything is doom and doom, you know. So I rang Louise Morrissey. She's country and western singer locally. She's a big. She's a big country and western star. I said, "Louise, would you sing a few songs in nursing home?" He said, I would. How am I going to do that? I said, I don't know, but we'll see. I rang Paddy Don. He'd be man with musical equipment. Oh, Paddy, would you um, would you sing a few songs? Or could we put a uh, wagon together? He said, yeah, we can. And I rang Mark O'Connor. He's a Mercedes truck guy. He said, Mark, would you have a spare lorry? And he said, I have. So like in 10 minutes, it was all put together. So they said, what are we doing? I said, two o'clock today. So we got the truck together anyway, and I rang up the North Slope. They all thought I was drunk. But they gave six weeks going around the country to anyone that rang, playing music every day. Uh, all the musicians were lined up. I just kept the lorry and kept the diesel in it. And off they went and they went down a bomb. And the sign on the lorry was crooning for the cocooners. <laughs> so that's, 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 how the, that's how the sign is there, crooning for the cocooners. So that's how the two hearts got their names. That is, that's very special. It's a lovely story. And it... Oh, yeah. It's brilliant, brilliant how it turned out. You know, it, it meant more people, unbelievable, like the, the, the going around with the people, like you know, and um, you know, um, just to just meant meant so much to people at the time. It's just just something that happened for the moment. Like you get an idea, and you're in good people, and everything falls falls together. You know, whether you believe it or not, there's a certain amount of divine intervention, I think, in there. And you must have been you must have been pleased to see Manella Rindo come back a little bit. Do you think he can win a second Gold Cup? I think whenever Beeson wins the Gold Cup now, that was a serious run the other day. Like, and for Hofstra, kind of was after falling in between times, and he like he 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 he, he ran very well. He stayed ahead. Like, and David just got up the inside and he was gone. You know, I mean, uh, but like he jumped, he stayed onto the line. He galloped and he stayed and he jumped. You know, I think Henry has him where he wants him. You know. 
the brilliant John Nallon, Jane Mangan. We got there in the end as to why they were called Kakuna and Karuna, but it was worth waiting for. It was worth waiting for, and it's almost, I almost forgive him for confusing us and a nation at the weekend. Um, I'm sure there was many a punter when they were scribbling down on their betting slip. They might have just put Manila C and then the, the word would just wander off and you'd have two chances in the race because um, who, who'd have thought? First and second in a grade one. He mentioned Grand Jury there. He said that he didn't think Grand Jury would finish in front of Manila Cocooner again and he was right. I do think Grand Jury just didn't turn up in the grade one on that occasion, but it goes to show the strength and depth of point points and the judge of horse flesh that John Nallen is. Right, on the point of point to pointing, if you'll pardon that rather messy phrase, uh, we did a little feature on this podcast a few weeks ago about the the threats to Irish point to pointing, the sort of grassroots of Irish jumping and the field that produces so many of these top class horses because of insurance issues. Has that been ironed out, Jane? It seems it has, and in a much quicker way than many of us, myself included, anticipated. So all through the autumn into the winter, there was a dark cloud hanging over point pointing and uncertainty as to whether there would be insurance secured in time for a number of hunts in the new year. It actually led to a number of cancellations uh, late last year and in early January, but it seems like we have a deal or some somewhat of a deal. It seems the sports, uh, the promoters of the newer insurance policy have stated, they told the Irish field that all hunts which host a point to point have signed up to this new insurance scheme. Um, it also indicated that uh, there would be no further fixture cancellations in the short term. So James Norton, he's the spokesperson for the National Hunt Steeplechase Point to Point and Field Sports Insurance Programme. He told the Irish Field that there has been a significant uptake in the insurance programme and currently uh, the detailed work of setting out the insurance policy documents uh, for individual hunts is underway. Uh, he said, as they progress, there will be a chain. There will be a chance to further enhance the program, starting over the summer and into the autumn of 2022. Therefore, uh, we there will be more options um, and improvements in the product offering. So, just from the outside looking in, it seems there is a pool, a pool of which uh, each hunt pays into uh, for uh, an umbrella policy uh from an, an underwriter which we don't know we actually don't know who the underwriter is um but the big question for me is can the committees the individual committees are all in different positions financial positions and otherwise can they sustain the increased financial requirement into the future um we have four meetings this weekend in kirkstown on saturday scartine knockenard and old town on sunday and yes it is sunny side up bright outlook and everything is going to run as we as we want it to be and and no no cancellations and as we say like point of points have a, a massive benefit a massive impact in the industry it supports so many people so many livelihoods but um i i'm just i wonder is there is this a long-term solution um in the short term everything seems positive but we just watch and wait and see what happens. Now to a case that we covered a little last week or at the end of the week before, and that's the case of Ladies First, the horse that was 
uh, to use Dick Francis parlance, nobbled, got at, doped, however you like to, to put it, uh, rendered slower by two men identified as Neil Waggett and Stephen Walker, who were each disqualified for 10 years, having perpetrated this in 2018 at Newcastle Racecourse. We're still yet to hear any official comment on this, and Chris Cook, the senior reporter from the Racing Post, was expressing his dissatisfaction at the lack of an official response as, as long as a week ago. Um, Chris joins me now. Chris, you're, you've been following this case much more closely than I have. Still nothing from anyone, really. No, uh, perhaps we shouldn't um, expect anything before the published reasons from the disciplinary panel. I'm slightly surprised that they've taken this long. Clearly, you know, this is a, a matter of some importance. I guess they're taking their time to, to make sure they're dotting um, I's and crossing T's. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll get the disciplinary panel's reasons, you know, no later than, than the end of this week. And then uh, we'll have to be pressing the BHA and ARC slash Newcastle um, for their response to that. Um, there are lots of unanswered questions. I, I very much fear that some of them will remain unanswered. But um, w- what's very worrying is, you know, we, we still haven't heard yet from any official as to why this couldn't happen again next week and you know it's clear to me anyway that uh, that we need to tighten things up in terms of race course stable security i mean the, the question that i asked straight away and again I, i'm i'm pro- professing very limited knowledge of this case but as soon as i just read the the, the headline i thought well what's to say this hadn't happened a, a ton of times before or subsequently now am i right in thinking there has been some uh, semblance of reassurance in that regard from from some party since then Yes, I mean, I, I've, I've been pestering the BHA um, on this a few times, and um, they um, they won't offer any sort of great depth to their reasons why, but they say that they are satisfied um, that the activities of these two men who were employed by Newcastle Racecourse um, did not extend over a long period of time. It was sort of contained in time, um, and that has involved... Um, investigations um, as to horses they might have been able to get at. Um, they've tested some horses who've been negative. You know, the hair test obviously can show up this substance, even if it was ingested a long time ago. Um, and so, you know, the BHA has satisfied itself that in fact, um, yeah, this is not something that they've been doing, you know, fixture after fixture for protracted periods. Uh, in particular, there's a horse called Briardale, um, the uh, trainer, um, James Bethel, had specific concerns about when he ran at Newcastle the year before Ladies First. Um, and he was a very disappointing favourite. He just won the Zetland Gold Cup the time before. He was um, expected to run well, and he ran very poorly and lost his form for a long period. Um, and so quite understandably, in light of what happened with Ladies First the following year, um, Mr Bethel was very concerned that maybe his horse had been got out as well. Um, but the BHA said that you know they investigated that soon after the ladies' first case, I believe, um, and, and were able to sort of satisfy themselves and they won't explain exactly how um, that Briardale was not, in fact, got at. So, you know, we, we can hope. It's, it, it's clearly very worrying um, that two people who were prepared to act in this way were taken on at all um, by a race course. And it, it doesn't seem that there's been... Um, you know, any great care um, to sort of check into their backgrounds before they were given access to the most secure area on a race course. In fact, you know, one of the men was basically um, hardly known at all to sort of senior race course personnel at Newcastle. He was um, known to the, um, the the person who effectively hired him um, by his nickname. 
um, we we have to get better at that kind of thing. Obviously, I mean, you know, people outside of horse racing would would laugh at us if um, you know if they learned that this kind of thing was going on. Uh, Chris, the the other question is that is this is the sentencing and the, the punishment of ten years. Many people will say they should have been given life, and this is entirely inexcusable. There is no there should be no way back on a race course for for either of of these people. In your experience, can you think of a reason why they might not have been given a life ban? I mean, this was discussed to some extent in the hearing um, that, you know, there are sentencing guidelines and, and 10 years is up at the upper end. And it seemed from what the panel were saying that um, they, they were just minded to sort of stick with those guidelines. If the guidelines were sort of to more clearly open up the possibility of a, an indefinite ban or a lifetime ban, then I think that's something the panel might have been more willing to look at. Um, certainly Mickey Stabian and his son David were you know, we're all in favour of a life ban. You and I sitting here and discussing this, we can't, I'm sure we can't think of a good reason why you should ever let somebody back um, after doing something like this. So, you know, again, my concern is though that <laughs> these guys have managed to profit from what they've done, haven't they? I mean, we haven't heard any evidence about that, but uh, but we believe it must be true. Um, and I, I very much fear that they may not care at all um, whether they ever get back on a race course or into a racing stable. Um and you know, there's there's been no fine, there's been no recovery of uh, whatever they may have managed to earn um, in the process, uh, and it, it feels like as a sport, you know, we, we're still vulnerable on that front. You know, it, it, Newcastle or Ark, they haven't been charged with any failing in proceedings that allowed this to happen, um, and uh, you know, therefore, I can only conclude that the regulations that we currently have about how racecourses. Um, should engage staff and check staff background and monitor what staff are up to. Those regulations are, are not as tight as they should be. Uh, Chris Cook, that senior reporter from the Racing Post, and I think we'll find out a little bit more about that towards the end of this week by the sounds of it, uh, and hopefully we'll get some sort of reaction from the BHA and from Newcastle. A uh, slightly more in-depth reaction anyway. Jane Mangan is still with me and has a tip for you for today. Yes, going to Thurlis, um, a midweek card at Thurlis, and I'm I'm tipping a horse by Galileo called Barbados in the 255 oh. at Thurlis. He's uh, a horse that was high class on the flat. He was actually group two placed on the flat, and on his hurdles debut, he was second at Punchestown behind my mate Mozzie. So that form is working out pretty well. So I like Barbados to get off the mark over hurdles for Jessica Harrington in the 255. Oh, you like Barbados, Jane? We all like Barbados. That was Thursday, February the 10th. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.